Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Backdrop. I'm your host, Matt Considine. This is the last episode in our series leading up to our Golf Society's inaugural spring meeting happening this weekend on Saturday, April 27th at Sweetens Cove Golf Club. There has been much discussion and acclaim on this nine-hole enigma in South Pittsburgh, Tennessee. And so far on the backdrop, we've talked to the course's architect and a few of the other characters who have seen, experienced, and participated in its unlikely success story to date. Today, we have the honor of hearing for the first time on any podcast from a gentleman who might know Sweetens and its hallowed grounds better than anyone else. Brent Roberson, superintendent of Sweetens Cove, joins the backdrop. Brent is one of the best untold stories we've had this season. He grew up in the Squatchy Valley, just down the road from Sweetens Cove, and he's been a lifelong golfer who loves being around the game. Before returning home and to Sweetens Cove, he worked in various roles throughout the Southeast with his most recent stint as the assistant superintendent at the Bears Club in Jupiter, Florida. Join us as Brent shares how his small crew overcame the worst flood in Sequatchie Valley history, what they do to encourage maximum fun on the golf course, and what we can expect for the future of Sweetens Cove. All right. Thanks for uh, for joining the bag drop. We're here. Right on. Right on. Good to be here. Now, my my uh, dear buddy and, and member of the New Club Golf Society, Kevin Moore, says that this is actually a first, that you have not been on a podcast yet. Is that correct? Never have. I've listened to them, um, but yeah, never been on a podcast. Well, it is certainly an honor for uh, to have you on, man, because... With all the uh, the attention you guys been getting the last couple of years, um, you're a big part of that. So uh, it's it, it, I'm looking forward to this. I think I think uh, there's a lot I'm interested in about the place, and just getting to know you a little bit. I think we'll have some fun today. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like I said, looking forward to it, and uh, I'll answer everything I can. Cool. Uh, so we're catching you the Monday after the Ringer. Uh, so did those, did those boys leave us any golf course left for our trip down at the end of the month? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. She's fine. Um, got a little rain last night, which is actually good because we're transitioning right now with our, uh, fairway Bermuda grass. We got 419 out here and I think those guys during the tournament could tell a difference just from uh, Friday to Sunday and with the warmer weather and just how much it's greened up. It's amazing. Really. It's just it's happening quick right now. So, uh, yeah, it's, of course, it's fine. Those guys had a blast. I enjoyed being a part of it and uh, really excited about the future here. Yeah, and I, I want to talk to you a lot about, you know, there's some announcements this weekend. and We'll, we'll get to all that and, and what's next for Sweetens Cove. Um, what was the highlight of the weekend for you? Were you out there both days, all days? Oh, yeah. Um, well, I actually got to play a little bit with the Hickory Bunch on Friday. Um, I don't think it was a part of the ringer, but a lot of guys came in early. And we had Tad Moore out here, and he's making uh, you know old Hickory clubs now. And all the guys went out and tested them out and had a little tournament. It was really, really fun. I couldn't hit the driver. I was just snapping it all day long. But uh, the irons were really, really solid. When you hit them good, it felt really nice and uh I think for me, I mean, that was the highlight, getting out there and playing with a lot of those guys. I mean, I played with Rob for nine holes with the Hickories, and we just had a blast. And uh, I think the, the highlight, though, was just the camaraderie and uh, the way the event is set up. Zach did a really good job. And, um, you know, Saturday they had this shootout where it was almost like the NCAA tournament where, you know, there were two-man teams and 
they were you keep halfing it halfing the field and you know you get down it everybody was around them so the pressure was on i mean it was like a theater out there it was unbelievable nothing i've never seen anything like it it does uh you know watching from afar with all the social media attention it did look like a just a blast like just yeah. a lot of smiles a lot of laughs and a group of people that all love this great game of golf and uh mm-hmm. and, and at your place i mean does that mm-hmm. Does that uh, does that freak you out at all with so many people who borderline obsess over your golf course? No, no, I like it. You know, I mean, if you love golf and and you're accepting the way we do it here, um, it's it's different, you know, from where I, had, I have been. Um, but I just like the fun factor, and we're really diving hard into that. And um, I think people just really enjoy it. So that that makes it for me. You know, if these guys enjoy it. There's no pressure at all. I get to do my job. I don't really have too much pulling against me. And I think that uh, a lot of clubs should should take that theory and, and run with it because uh, a superintendent knows a lot about the golf course. And if you let him do his job, it's just going to make it better. Yeah, so that obviously there's a uh, uh, an ethos that's grown out of your guys' place. And people come back you know, raving about the golf course, but they also just talk about the vibe and how mm-hmm. it, it was so welcoming and, and fun. You know, that three letter mm-hmm. word that we probably don't talk enough about in the game of golf. Mm-hmm. What, yeah. what do you, in, what do you do specifically in your job that, that can kind of help with that? Like, what do you think as, you know, when you see a weekend, like you just had, what are the things that you put in time on? And, and we'll get to it. I know you had a big <laughs> last couple of months. So I, I'll talk about some of the other things you were able to overcome last couple of months, but but just on the day-to-day, what do you do that uh, in, in allows for that fun to occur? Well, I mean, I think just being open and honest with my crew about what's going on, you know, staying scheduled and um, making it easy yet hard. Right now, we've gone to the double pin system, and so far, people love it. Um, we've got one hard pin, one easy pin. When we first started, you know, it was kind of slow and i was trying to make it as playable as possible you know to to get people to come back Mm -hmm. and um like you said just the fun factor um for me it's setup wise and trying to make it a little more friendly i mean some of these greens complexes are very severe and you know rob took from you know the old course and pinehurst and all these places and really did something special. So I was just trying to highlight that, um, you know, when we were starting out and, and now I've gotten more flexibility, you know, we've got the two pins, dogs are welcome and smiles are always welcome. So just that alone makes it great for me. And I just do everything I can to help out, you know? Yeah. in in the, uh, the setup. So every morning, is that a part of what you're doing? Are you setting up the, the pins where you like them and, and getting the course uh, prepared for the guests? Yes, it is. And, you know, right now with the slow growth and, and it's just early spring, I don't cut new cups every single day except on um, weekends. But, um, you know, I'll do two to three days. And, yeah, I'm just trying to set it up to where, you know, it plays different, but, you know, is fair and you know, moving tees around and um, just just trying to keep the playability where Rob wants it. 
Yeah, and uh, how how often are you talking to Rob on on just the? I'm I'm guessing when you know big events like the Ringer coming through and all the weather you guys had, you probably talked a little bit more. But are are you regularly kind of leaning on him for some some decisions you're making out there in the field? Honestly, you know, in the last year or two, I mean, it's he's kind of let me go, and um, he's got his design thing going, and that's I mean, he's really busy with that right now. A lot of people are are you know. Calling calling him every day and he's he's busy so but yeah with the ringer he was he was out and involved and we had the big news and I mean it was just a good moment for both of us because you know we had been through a lot I mean gosh from starting out in March of uh, 2015 till now it's just it's it was kind of you know after Friday it's kind of it hit me going home and it's just uh, it's pretty cool man I mean I feel makes me feel good because i did it right you know and and uh you know just hard work paid off and it was big but yeah rob and i are in contact not only about the golf course but i mean we just we just it's peanut butter and jelly man we work together <laughs> and then it works and um again he kind of lets me do it and uh if he has input I, I immediately jump on it and but i mean he's really he's done his job he's designed the golf course it is what it is and now it's my job to maintain it yeah, I've I've gotten the impression, you know, we had Rob on the podcast. He's a he's a podcast pro at this point, but <laughs> yeah, uh, but he gave us you know so much uh, background on that uh, those trials and tribulations as you know going through the tougher years to get to where you guys are at now. And right. uh, I, I could imagine for the grounds crew, a lot of that's probably uh, challenging for the superintendent. I'm sure you know owning that that aspect of it. Um, but he has said such good things about your crew, about you, and I can just, I just get this vibe of, of a lot of different characters down there at Sweetens, but you yeah. guys work so good as a team, as a unit, um, mm-hmm. you know, talking to Patrick Boyd, talking to the guys in the shed, now talking to yourself and, and Rob. It's, it's teamwork, man. I can tell. You really have to work together as a team, no matter if it's the maintenance team or the golf shop. It's, it's just staying on the same page and working together and I don't know. Like you said, the vibe and and just, you know, kind of Rob's really creative and trying to understand what he's he's wanting. I've got it now. You know, at first it was kind of tough. But, uh, you know, over the years, you you work together long enough and it just kind of spreads together. And I mean, I'm telling you, it's 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 a really cool place to work. Yeah, meshing, meshing that over time. So when you said yeah. it's tough, like out the gate, was he saying things that you just were like, wait, what are you talking about? No, it's just the way his mind works. He's a designer, you know, he's so creative. And for me, I'm scheduled and, and you know, we need to do this, this and this. And we were just different. But I think we work together that way, you know, yeah. where I've got the scheduled part and he's got the creative part and we've got it. You know, we've we've just got it. Yeah, I. <laughs> if you have you know too many creatives or, or too many taskmasters or too many organizational, it, it doesn't flow. You definitely need those checks and balances. I I've felt that in my own life for sure. Right. Yeah. It's. Uh, I've loved it. Yeah. It's 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 good stuff, man. So I I gotta ask you, and this was one of the big reasons I wanted to chat with you is. You know, the last couple months, I'm we're obviously gearing up for our visit with you guys at the end of this mm-hmm. month, April 27th, and people are just so pumped. And 
I, I was, you know, following all the, the things on Sweetens and seeing pictures. And, you know, the last couple months, most of those pictures didn't show a lot of grass. You guys were underwater uh, <laughs> yeah. for a couple feet for, for a while. So, right. you know, I, I got to ask, I mean, the t- tell us a little bit about the flooding. You know, uh, I'd, I'd love to understand the system at which, you know, the TVA operates that, that kind of, uh, in the TVA for those that, um, you know, joining us, it's, uh, I don't even know what it stands for, but don't they regulate the, the streams and water um, uh, mm-hmm. river system for, for when extreme flooding comes through? They do. They do. Um, I don't understand it wholly, you know, like the whole system. But from what I know, um, obviously the Mississippi River is the largest river in the United States and the Tennessee flows into it along with the Missouri and everything else. Well, when we get so much rain... You know, we have a dam system here in TVA and and in in Tennessee, excuse me. And TVA has these dams, and they regulate water flow and and use use it for hydroelectricity. and And um, it's a government based uh, program, and it's been around I think since uh, World World War II, I believe, is when they started. My dad actually worked for them for a long time, and. Um, they do. They um, they dump water back into us, and the way I understand it is the least populated areas kind of get that. So you know they're trying to um, not let people have catastrophes such as flooding and and ruining you know water levels going above you know where they should. So it's it's an all it's all intertwined um it's hard to explain it i mean <laughs> i really don't understand it all myself but i do know that we are one of the places that gets a lot of that outflow when they open the gates so that's kind of what happened to us and um the water backed up and i mean we were talking you know they hadn't seen a flood around here like that in you know 25 years i believe i, I talked to a guy at the co-op one day and and he was talking you know, about how high he's seen the water level, and, and we were close to that, and um, it was, it was every day I came out here and pulled up in my car, took a picture, and just sat, and I did a lot of office work right in my car, and just, it was difficult to watch, but, um, you know, as it started going down, we just kind of had a game plan, and um, just a lot of debris pickup, we did have a lot of algae and, and silt and mud and you know all that backwash from the from the creek and you know you just it's just just like maintenance approach i mean your your greens are most important and um you get them cleaned off and we had a lot of silt and and layering on them especially in the areas that were underwater the longest like uh, the swell on eight was really bad i was i was taking snow shovels and scraping about an inch of algae mud off of the green and um it was a little you know you, you start and you're like oh my goodness you know like what am i doing um no i don't know what to do and but then it's just like anything in our business you you start to work on it and really get into the job and and you get better at it and you understand it and so I, I got all that off of the greens and immediately went out with, uh, you know, some fungicide for, um, you know, root rot and that sort of thing. And um, 
they're fine. <laughs> they actually <laughs> greened up. I mean, uh, being underwater like that, it was it was amazing. Um, you know, my greens actually, there had to be some nutrients in there because I mean, they just popped, and then so the slime was the hardest part. You know, the the cleanup. I mean, we we had seventy something loads of just pine cones, pine straw, sticks, debris, just we pulled off the golf course and we did everything kind of as it was going down. So it wasn't so big of a job at once. Um, but then, you know, you get the greens cleaned off and, uh, you just start to like, all right, we're going to go try and mow. And, uh, you go, <laughs> I, I was the first one on it. And, uh, I got one and two, no problem going to three. It's really, you know, kind of down by the Creek and low when you get up by the green and, I remember I was just driving along and just kind of taking it slow and that algae. <laughs> I just I was on the left side of the fairway and the motor just started sliding and it just <laughs> kept going. And I'm not pushing the gas or anything. I'm just sliding. And uh, it was almost like I was on ice. And uh, I kind of got to a spot where I got a little traction and um, the guys came over and we couldn't get any equipment out there, you know. So they just kind of like made like a a chain of people with the with the with the chain and we just kind of pulled the mower back up on the dry surface where there was no algae and then i was able to get up on three i got them all mowed and it just kept getting better and then we had some dry weather and so that algae crusted so i got a mat out there and drug all the algae off it almost disintegrated um just and um here we are we're got the ringer done and it actually <laughs> went pretty good pretty um, good i mean i think you're understating man like uh, this is we're talking six months ago or i'm sorry six weeks ago yeah i, I feel like you were still pe posting pictures of uh you know eight underwater and then yeah and then i looked at all the pictures from this weekend man it looked like a totally different place i mean yeah uh, this, this cannot be normal, right? Like, <laughs> no, but I mean, I'm not, I'm not the worst hit. There's guys in West Tennessee that, you know, had just catastrophes, um, water levels up in the houses, cars, then, you know, just halfway underwater. And, you know, we didn't have any of that. At least we're down in a Valley, you know, where everything that, that, infrastructure wise like my pump house and um electrical boxes and all of that were above water so you know when they built it they knew it was in a floodplain they knew it could happen and they built accordingly so we're lucky for that but uh yeah, yeah wow, i that, mean that's another there example was a lot of how involved. planning is yeah there was a lot involved and um i gotta give my guys credit you know they could have very easily just said screw this man I, <laughs> i'm tired of this but they didn't they hung with me and uh we got it done and then the ringer came and we're ready for another season now i mean the greens are actually firm i've got great roots so i don't know i'm just i'm lucky i guess i i, I don't know what else to say i i think uh there's more than just luck that has to do with it back to the uh Back to that TVA situation. I'm just curious. Does they do they uh, do they give a warning at all when they make kind of decisions of what oh, where yeah. the water might flow? Okay, so you guys you guys Absolutely. do get a warning. How much how much warning do you get? Um, you they they'll give you like if you download their app, you can follow them and they'll they'll tell you all about the water levels wherever you're at. So you know, um, and they're pretty accurate. You know where their levels are, and we know where those levels are with our drainage and. Um, 
so we know when it's going to start kind of picking up and the, and they'll give you a warning like hey we're opening up the gates you know we're we're putting backflow on you and and here it comes so it does move up and down quite a bit um i don't like i said i don't understand every facet of how it works so i i'm not an expert on this but i do know there's certain levels yeah. where the water gets to and, and then you know it, then seven it, it starts up. coming up on seven and eight it comes up through our drains and yeah. uh, that's when you know it's it's getting there so and how much so they they give you that that warning but how much warning do you have and and, and is there anything you guys would do to like prepare for it just preparing for flooding I, I pull everything in that can float away um and then you know bunkering um a lot of people ask, you know, what does it do to the bunkers? Well, it does move the sand quite a bit. And, um, you know, they get pretty bad, but it, it's it's not too bad. You know, I mean, I can get in there and, and get them cleaned up and pushed up on the edges. Um, it's, I, I don't know how to describe it. It's it's just, just like maintenance. Greens, get them cleaned up. You know, and then get into the short grass, get everything cleaned off, do everything you can. And then bunkers are always last and hits the toughest. But um, we got a little system, so it, <laughs> we get it. Just maybe a silly question. Why bunkers last? Well, because bunkers, uh, they, when even when they're washed out, they're still playable, you know. But but with fairways and approaches and greens and whatnot, you, you've got debris all over the place. So you've really got to, you got to get that cleaned up because, because you should hit it in the fairway. You should hit it on the green, you know, you shouldn't hit it in the bunker. If you hit it in the bunker, that's your fault, you know? So I, that's, that's kind of why. Yeah, man. I, well, c- congrats on, I mean, all that hard work, you, it really highlighted, you know, w- one of your bigger events of the year, the ringer definitely uh, looked real good and uh, those boys had a real good time. So congrats mm-hmm. to you and the crew, man. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate I, I, that. Are you developing any proprietary like algae removal tools now? <laughs> snow shovels. <laughs> just just snow shovels. I, snow I'm telling shovels, you, maybe... I mean, it's mostly physical. It really is. There's a lot of physical work. Um, but the metal drag mat this year worked really well. Once it dried and crusted, you take that thing over. I mean, it was a lot, it was dusty. So you just take your dust mask and your safety glasses and you just go out and churn it and it almost disintegrates it's it's really odd it's almost like you're dragging in dry sand um and you look back and it's gone you know and some of the lower areas that that were still wet we had to do a lot of handwork um just trying to get it off the surface and and get down to the crown of the plant so that it it gets light and um there was there was a lot involved with those lows, but uh, overall it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be because we were on top of it, you know. And as it went down, we continually cleaned up as needed. On our property, when it floods, the water comes in from number two off of the left side, and once it gets over our um, maintenance road that goes on the left side of two it's over you know okay it's it's gone over it's gonna it's gonna fill up now so it's almost like a bathtub and and what it does is when it comes over the current starts from that side of the golf course on two and moves over towards nine and six and three 
So I get a lot of debris along those hillsides on that on that end, and then it will come up into one fairway. So you most of your debris will collect on that side. I mean, you'll have more throughout the course. There's always a line where the the high mark was, and there's there's we had an entire tree on one fairway this time. I mean, a whole tree was just laying in the middle of the fairway. Um, and I just, I have one, um, like half of a tree in between six and seven in the native right now. I'm just going to leave it. I think it looks neat and (laughs) it's, it's driftwood and it's there. And, um, so again, there's just like anything with maintenance, you know, you've got to, you got to have priorities and, and, uh, you know, take it one step at a time. I, I love that. This, you know, if it looks good, we're gonna leave it there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of our philosophy. You know, if it's gonna continue, and and that's not really in play. Um, and people will be like, "What is that?" And you know, they might even ask about it, and and we'll tell them, "Well, that was from the flood. We just kind of like it. It's pretty cool." <laughs> you know, I think I think that's. I wish more uh, courses and clubs took you know that that approach, right? Uh, leaving some untouched areas untouched. You know, if they're out mm-hmm. of the main area play, and you know they don't have to have the same levels of maintenance, well, well, why not? And I know more, more right. places are starting to adopt that. Do you have you guys always had that approach? Um, you know, when I first got here, no, I, I still had that, that private club mentality of it's gotta be edged and it's gonna be perfect, you know, and over time working with the bunkers, I kind of realized, you know, with Rob, he's so good with bunkers and his just the way they move and, and look and it's not, there's no perfect edge to it. You just kind of, um, you blend with it. And over time we made our own T markers. We made our own signs out of wood we had on hand, um, from construction and, you know, we'll, we'll use trees that we've cut down as, as just something that we set our coolers on. And, you know, it, it's, it's kind of that rust. I don't know if you want to say rustic, but it's just kind of that, that natural, I think natural is a better word, the natural look of, of like, man, this is kind of neat. We don't have any, you know, 150 stakes or anything like that. It's just go play golf. And I think Sand Hills is a good example of kind of, you know, just the, you got to feel the golf course and, and, and it's, it's there. You can see it. There's backboards and false fronts and, and, and huge greens. You just got to use your imagination. I love it. Um, and you, and so the crew size, how big is your crew? It varies in, um, it's the first year I had four guys, um, a mechanic and three operators. Um, second year I had the same, but I also had a part-time worker and I actually had a guy that would come in mo greens on weekends and then, um, 2016 was our best year. Um, our greens were firm. Um, we had a great season weather-wise. Um, I was able to dry it out. It was really good. And uh, we had five guys, counting myself. Um, and I was I was pretty happy with that. And then, um, but it, it in the past it's been five guys, including me, mechanic, and three operators on a daily basis. That's probably our average. But it varies. Like in the winter, I'll keep a mechanic and one or two guys. 
Um, and uh, so yeah, we're we're looking to to uh, up that volume now. So yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty excited. No, that, and so with that small crew, what what tasks as a superintendent do you take on that maybe most superintendents don't don't? Physical, everything. I do it all. I mean, I'll roll, I'll mow, I'll. I mean, I'm I'm the irrigation tech, I'm the spray tech, I'm the assistant and the superintendent. So I mean, I'm I'm doing the irrigation, um, setting that up. I don't have central control, so I'm I'm doing that all through the boxes. I don't like to run overhead irrigation i really don't most of the time um so i'm i'm hand watering i'm uh, i'm doing the spraying fertilizing and you know i have some guys that would help but uh i really have to take more of a manual labor approach and then you know during lunch i will spend 30 minutes to an hour every day doing the the paperwork billing um budget and then I, I take a lot of it home too. You know, I have to do a lot at home, also on the computer. And uh, I have a long drive to work. I drive a little over an hour to work. I live in uh, White County, so I get a lot of my thinking and plans in the car uh, <laughs> on my way and and away from work. Um, but uh, there's a lot going on. You just got to be a certain mindset. You know, you've got to be able to do three to four things at one time. And and you know, always keep number one priority and understand every day it's going to change. So you've got to, you got to kind of, you know, have a calendar with you and, and be very scheduled. And that's the key in my mind with this job. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I, now, when, when you get, obviously, some, uh, some of those responsibilities will be start to be delegated. Uh, mm-hmm. And so when you do that, are you, t- you type of person, I mean, you've been doing it for, three years and mm-hmm. in that hands-on approach you know hands in the dirt doing doing these roles are you going to have any problem delegating those out <laughs> maybe i don't know i i uh well i came from south florida um and you know i had a crew of 30 at the bears club i was a lead assistant for john Ketta Heinrich there it was jack's course and mm-hmm. so i mean i had 30 guys so i had to delegate um and I, I did most of my time riding through and just making sure they were doing the job properly. So I guess I'll just kind of have to uh, focus in more on what I was doing back then. And again, just keeping the priorities and making sure the guys are doing it right. I, I can do that. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be a lot easier on my body. I know that. <laughs> yeah. Maybe a little less Advil at the end of the night. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, so I, that's you kind of talk a little bit about where you were before Sweetens Cove. Give us a mm-hmm. little bit of background on yourself. I haven't asked, you know, where did you grow up? How did you get into uh, this line of business? Well, I grew up just down the road from here um, in Sequatchie County. I went to Sequatchie County High School. Um, we actually lived in Bledsoe, but I went to Sequatchie. Um, I grew up on a generational farm. Um, we had cattle. Um, my great grandfather, after World War One, built bought a lot of land, and uh, my my mom and dad live on that right now, and and uh, so I kind of grew up working and and being outside, and and um, so when I was about 14 years old, they built a golf course about four miles from our house called Mount Airy Golf and Athletic Club, and so I was there a lot because I was always into sports, played baseball my whole life. And then, you know, like I said, when I was about 14, they built it and I got into golf really big. My grandpa got me started in it. Um, he was a member at Signal Mountain. Mm-hmm. 
and he would take me to the driving range and you know i'd hit paul's and they had junior clinics and that sort of thing i really enjoyed it you know it's one of you know like how golf is once you hit that first pure shot or you chip one in or you make a long putt i mean you're hooked so yeah i really enjoyed it and when they built that course um i started working for them and i i was uh washing carts and uh getting paid a little bit and getting free golf and i really enjoyed it and i started going out with what they called the the low ball guys doing a little gambling and uh <laughs> it was it was a lot of fun and uh you know, it just kind of got me hooked. I got into the maintenance side a little bit there, too. Kind of didn't really realize what all went into it. And um, I liked it. It was hands-on. I kind of liked that. And, um, you know, so that was really my first taste of, of what I do now. And to be honest with you, when I, I played high school golf, and we had a pretty good team. We beat, uh, we beat Baylor um twice my senior year once on their place lookout mountain and once at mount airy um i had a really good friend named mark lowry and we were seniors that year and we, we had a couple good sophomore and freshman players that were coming up and we ended up getting fourth in state that year and uh you know i just when you're around golf every day I mean, you, you're, you're gonna get better so we were we were a pretty good team and then uh i was you know, I had no idea what I wanted to do getting out of high school. I had a scholarship to play golf at Tennessee Tech for Bobby Nichols. And uh, I went up there for a year and didn't go to class much, played a lot of golf and drank too much probably, you know. But uh, I kind of blew that opportunity. I wish I had the same mindset I do now back then. But, um, you know, it helped me learn also. Um, I guess in life, you know, sometimes when you make mistakes – you learn from them and uh i did and uh it was humbling you know going to college and 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 you know failing and so i kind of came back home and i started working for ups for a little while and saw the line like it, it was seniority there and it was going to be a long time to get where i wanted so i did a lot of loading trucks and doing that kind of work and then also helping out on the grounds crew at Mount Airy some. So I had two jobs going and I was just going nowhere. And, um, I saw something online. My mom was really helpful. She kind of was trying to push me to do something I like. And she knew that I like golf. And, um, there was this Sand Hills community college out in Pinehurst, North Carolina. You know, being a golfer, she said Pinehurst, and I'm like, "What? <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say?" <laughs> okay, hold on a minute. And she goes, "See, it's, you know, it's maybe you want to try that, you know." And that was the best thing that ever happened to me because I got away from the the old habits, you know, and then the people I was around for a little bit. And so I went out to Pinehurst, got a job at Pine Needles. Um, it was about four months before class started, and I started just working on the grounds crew doing a lot of hand water and it was like 50 50 pin cross and poa greens so i mean you know it was a lot of hand watering a lot of manual labor but it was awesome what a great golf course that was i mean it was really neat that was pre pre-restoration um mm-hmm. um so it was more uh not as natural looking but um worked there for four months got into school and um 
yeah it just snowballed and and with our classes at sandhills we we were required to work 20 hours a week while we went to school so i had like an 18 hour semester load and then also 20 hours of work so you'd get up early go out mow greens cut cups or do whatever they wanted and then you'd go to school for the rest of the day well i mean we got to play golf at partners number two tobacco road um ccnc we went out and helped with Forest Creek do a drainage project for school. Um, my roommate was on number two, so I played number two like three times for five bucks. Um, so, I mean, it was just like a shot of adrenaline for me because it was like, man, you know, this is really neat. You know, this is, this is, this is it. You know, I found it. So I graduated. Um, Dean's list. I mean, it is a, community college but i still made the dean's list hey and, list, uh, list is a list man yeah so i i didn't you know we we had i guess it was two years of classes and then we went and we had we were required to do an internship was the last thing we did and then we graduated in may well our internship was in december nobody wanted an intern in december so my dad, I told you, worked for TVA. Well, he worked with, um, I can't remember her first name, but her last name was Brown. And her son was an assistant superintendent at Seminole in, uh, in South Florida. And I was like, Seminole, that's a Donald Ross, too, you know? And I started looking at it, and I'm like, wow, that's, that's, that's a really nice golf course. And so, we, and we'd studied about that in architecture class. And, um, so my dad's like, do you want me to call? I think her name was Donna Brown. And I said, sure. You know, so she got me in touch with Alan. I called Alan and uh, I said, Alan, you know, I'm looking for an internship. Um, is there anything down there? Because I'm really struggling up here. You know, there, nobody wants anybody because it's they're just cutting down trees. And uh, he goes, well, we don't take interns, but I know a guy at the Bears Club. His name was Kurt Von Hoffen. So I called Kurt and I said, Hey, you know, looking for an internship. And he's like, that's perfect. Yeah. It's, 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 you know, our season right now, everybody's coming down from the North and, you know, we could use the help. And I'm like, wow, that was easy. So he got me, Kurt was the assistant for John Catterheinrich and, um, he gave me John's number and I, I called John and I mean, he was just so easy going, like easy to talk to. And he's like, yeah, come on down. Uh, and I said, well, what about housing? I hear it's expensive. He goes, well, you could live with my father-in-law. So <laughs> I lived in my, my boss's father-in-law's back bedroom for the first year I was down there. And, uh, you know, it, it, that experience was something I'll never forget because I started as an intern, um, graduated college in May. And he hired me on as a foreman. To start out and we had two gigantic hurricanes the first summer i was there francis and Jean came through and so i was on a chainsaw for almost 30 days straight just cleaning paths just so people could get around and uh after i did that it fell into place for me john saw me out there and, and made me an assistant right away and um i was there for 10 years Struggled to get a job down there. It was a lot of politics involved, and uh, I didn't really know many people. And I, I, 
it was hard, but um, I always wanted to move back to this area, but there was never a, uh, an opening, you know, it was, mm -hmm. it was always hard to find. So I was just on turf net one day down there and, uh, saw this job in South Pittsburgh, Tennessee. I'm like, what, you know, let me, let me look at this place. And I saw some pictures and I was like, okay, that's, that's pretty good. You know, I, it was just different looking. I had never seen anything like that, especially in Florida or where I grew up. So, I got on the phone, talked to Rob, ended up flying up and meeting him. It was eight degrees. We got in his old Volvo and we were driving on the cart paths and eight degrees with three inches of snow on the ground. But I could tell, I was like, all right, I'm going to help you out. Let's do this. You know, and he's like, you're hired. <laughs> <laughs> so we, you know, the rest is history. I got up here and I, uh, I was close to my family. I took a big pay cut at first, but you know, it's, you got to take a leap of faith, and I always wanted to be here. And um, you know, two years later, I, I meet my wife, and things are good, man. Wow, yeah, I mean, I that's that is such a great story. I thank you for sharing sharing those steps mm -hmm. with us, man. Because uh, you know, you meet people, and even just the last time we chatted, I could just tell this is another person I, I want to talk to because he really does uh, love what he does, and. Mm -hmm. And just gets a lot of satisfaction, fulfillment out of you know the the role you have there, and it's cool. It's cool to hear where people came from, how how that all came mm -hmm. through, and for you to get back, you know, near your hometown. That's something you know I aspire to as well, and, and make an impact on the community. You know, you right. grew up, and uh, you're making that impact. Yeah, I mean, I guess I am. I haven't really thought about that, but you know, the the Bears Club was such a great place, um, and John, I mean, Kylie, what a guy. I learned a lot from him, not just growing grass, but just being a good person. I mean, he was fantastic. So, you know, I, I, I guess I take everything from where I've been and, and, and apply it to what I do. And, you know, like you said, if you enjoy what you do, I mean, it's going to show. It is. Yeah. yeah. Let, me, uh, let me take you back to your high school golf days. <laughs> okay. Is, is there anything better than being a part of a high school golf team? No, I mean it was a blast, especially when we made the state tournament. I mean, we when we played high school golf when we started, there wasn't even a golf team. And then Mark and I got up enough guys to make a golf team. Mark made a run this freshman year. He made it all the way to state individually. And um, our sophomore year, um, he did the same thing, and you know, he was better than I was. But the competition brewed, you know, and I. I went to Jack McKenna at Valley Brook in Chattanooga just to get like a swing. You know, I was just raw, 10 finger grip, swinging as hard as I could, baseball mentality. And yep. he got the grip for me, lined me up properly. I was like a layman type swing where I was really flowing right to left as I swung. He got me posted up on that left leg, showed me the pro slot, and I was blasting Mark after that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, my junior year, I made the state, um, didn't do very well. And then senior year, we all put it together and we made it as a team. And that was really special. And I'll never forget. It. That was awesome. You're right. In high school golf, you can't beat it. You can. It's like, uh, I, I think back and I was fortunate to play some college golf too. And that was cool, but it, it was a little yeah. bit more of a job. I mean, it was, it was kind of like semi-competitive, hanging out with your buddies. Mm -hmm. You get to, you know get into a match with whoever other team you're playing you're 
driving around for the first time at 16, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, checking out new golf courses. I just, I, I didn't appreciate it all that much until recently, but, you know, some of my dearest friends today are high school teammates, mm-hmm. and we just, mm-hmm. uh, it's just, it's just fun. It is, it is. Mark and I still talk. He's a caddy at Muirfield up in Ohio, right oh, near cool. your neck of the woods, I guess. Yes, sir. And, uh, he, he loves it. Um, he just had a new baby. So he's got a lot more going on, but, uh, yeah, he's a great guy. We keep in contact like almost every other day. And yeah, I mean, friendships you make along the way. And one of our members out here, Jeff Howard, um, we played golf against him right on the same golf course right here, but it was Sequatchie Valley golf and country club. And yeah, we <laughs> just a little times. bit different from what I, from what I've gathered. Yeah, yeah, it was. But, uh, you know, as long as it had a cup cut, we were fine. We didn't care back then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I wasn't looking for template holes and, yeah. you know, all those things. Um, does uh, does being a good golfer help your job now? Or, or I should say, maybe just being a golfer. You know, mm-hmm. I, people come to your line of work from all different uh, backgrounds, I think. And does, uh, uh, d- does that, you know, being a player that you were, does that help you think? Absolutely. You know, you got to realize, um, I try and put my, myself in their shoes and, and it, it really helps you because you understand like, Ooh, you know, that pin's a little too tough or, you know, what type of event you're having? Is it a fun event or are these guys real golfers, you know? So you, you've got a better feel on how the course should play for them. Um, so yeah, I mean, knowing the game is, is ultra important in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, it's, so back to Sweden, some things to kind of finish up just, uh, on the trajectory of the place. Um, Mm -hmm. or or one thing, one thing I was still curious about was on the unmaintained areas, you know, are they, you you touched on it a little bit. Is there any non-turf or sand related maintenance that you guys do at Sweden's or is that truly, uh, is that truly like unmaintained? Well, we'll mow it. Um, right now we have a bush hog. I'm looking to get some better equipment in the future. But well, it, when it gets to the point in the summer where you're getting like trees growing in your native areas, uh, it's time to mow. So I'll get out and mow and I just can't stand looking at it anymore one time. And then later on in the summer, usually um, late September, I'll come out and I'll mow one more time as far as the native areas just to knock them down and and uh, get them a little more playable. And then the naturalness just comes out after that. The broom sedge thrives in those areas. And then you've got the contrast with the, the fescue and that dark green. It's, it's, it's not too hard to maintain. It's just some spots are hard to get to. Um, so it's, it's just a slow process when you get out and do that. And then... As far as bunkers, the hardest part with these bunkers is getting them to drain. Um, So we have catch basins in our bunkers in the lows. Well, a catch basin doesn't work too well in sand. And I've seen this. I remember I interviewed for a job in Naples at Naples National, and they had the same problem. They had, like, coquina areas, areas, and they, they would struggle. Like, they were putting, like, grass around these these uh, catch basins so that the sand wouldn't get in there and clog them well what we've done is we've put caps on these these drain basins 
and I use like really large gravel and I put right over the top of these things and I drill holes into the top of these these caps and with the larger gravel I'm able to get water there faster so every winter we go out and we we know where they're at and we unearth them and replace that gravel and that's probably the only thing different I do here but uh but yeah, that's about interesting. It. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. No, that's I'm I'm actually really interested in that. I'm going out to uh, we got a community golf course here in Chicago um, called Canal Shores. It's uh, just a awesome, welcoming, you know, great talk about vibes. It's got it's got that vibe and cool. uh, all the work is you know there's a small crew. Um, Tony Turf on Twitter, he's a, he's their superintendent and and he's got a small crew, ma- you know, maintaining all the big. Uh, aspects of the golf course but the community like literally neighbors and friends and you know golf geeks like me come up to to help dig out bunkers uh, so nice. i'm headed out there this afternoon and one of the the topics or the thing that uh some of the folks will be helping tony with is uh, the drainage in these bunkers and coming up with some creative ways to do it so uh that's cool man i'm gonna throw out this caps on the drain basins idea i don't you know i, I just took some notes i'll, I'll float it to him it's really hard with the sand, but if you can get that gravel almost to the very top, because, you know, with our issues, it's flooding. So all that sand goes to those lows and it, it creates layers. So if you're able to get out there in the winter or maybe even every six months and just kind of clean those off and maybe mm-hmm. put some more holes in them, just see how the, the drain is functioning. Um, it's a lot easier. I don't know how his drainage is in those areas, but if he has anything similar to me, it, it, it does, it works. Um, you do have to clean them off, like I said, on a regular basis, but uh, it's it's worth it because, I mean, the playability factor, especially with our bunkers, like on number three, we have a large waste bunker along the right-hand side, and there's probably nine of these drains in it. So, I mean, it's important that those drain properly. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll put you on speed dial. If, if it shouldn't be me telling deliver the message, I might have him call you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's welcome to. I have cool. no problem with that. I'm open for any kind of turf talk. Sweet. Uh, let's talk future for sweet. Okay. So I saw the announcement. We all did. Uh, you know, there's some new partners and investors mm-hmm. in for Sweetens Cove, and uh, some pretty big names too that people might recognize. Right. Um, with Peyton Manning and Andy Roddick being part of this team um and then i think i think it's some local tennesseans right mark rivers right. skip bronson tom nolan right uh, so so there the, the people would assume that uh, there's some dollars coming sweeten's way which mm-hmm. uh will probably impact you and your crew directly so first off just want to say congratulations man that's uh thank you i know how darn hard you guys have all worked uh together and and how many other people have worked hard to to get the word out on a special place and uh, couldn't happen to a better group so congrats thank you very much yeah it's it's we're it's an exciting time we're we're ready to go <laughs> <laughs> so what uh well my my uh let's see so what's next like how is this going to impact uh you and, and your crew and the decisions you make on a daily basis well right away my budget's going up um so that's that's good um we're on our, our fifth year of a lease with our equipment, so we're going to um, add on to that. Um, and there's a few infrastructure things we're going to try and in- implement 
as well. I don't really want to get too far into it because it's so new and I don't want to say something that I shouldn't, you know, but, sure, yeah. uh, you know, it, it's, it's good. And we have a game plan and, you know, those guys, I, I, I will say this, I walked with them around the property and with those mines, we came up with quite a bit. So we're going to try and, um, pin down what we want to do, um, get some plans together and, 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 and troubleshoot and, and kind of just ping off of each other and, um, see what we come up with. I mean, we got Rob, he's pretty creative. So when it comes to golf, he'll, he'll have that down, but I think there's going to be a little more involved here. So, uh, I don't know the future. It's just, it's, it's going to be really neat to see what happens. I'm ready. Just let me know what I need to do. <laughs> so, but yeah, B- Biggie Smalls probably wasn't talking about superintendents when he said "mo money, mo problems," right? <laughs> yeah, I mean that does come with it, you know. More minds, more. But I'm pretty flexible with that, and I'm just I'm, I, I'll give my opinion too because I feel like I understand this place a little bit, you know. And and um, we'll uh, we'll see what happens. It's gonna be fun. And and I liked I, I asked Rob this question, so I'm gonna ask you as well because uh, uh, you know in twenty or say it's twenty thirty, you know, ten right. or twenty twenty years down the road, what do you hope Sweetens Cove stands for at that time? I think I'm hoping in twenty thirty that this place started. Not, I wouldn't say revolution, but like a a different mentality when it comes to golf and and not the not the 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 perfectly creased collar and the and the the dinners that are outrageously expensive for bad food and 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 just i think we're getting away from that and we're it's almost like the top golf approach where it's fun and and i think you know you said it earlier that word right there is kind of what we're going for and uh, i think we're taking it to the the new age um like like getting you know, more people out to have a good time and, and golf is no longer, I hope in 2030 golf is no longer viewed as a private club that, that only the, the, the rich and powerful are able to enjoy. I'm hoping that it gets to a bigger demographic and just, you know, becomes more fun for people and, and they're not, um, how do you say it? Like, they're just not intimidated by it, you know. I want to. Yeah. I want to see more people in the game having a good time and and just more open mindedness. Yeah, well, that's, that's well said, man. I think that's the place to to end it. And I'll I'll just share that uh, the work you guys have already done, the interest that you've brought back to uh, a lot of people's enjoyment of the game, um, including some friends. You know, I had buddies down there for the ringer, and I got you know fifty awesome golf society members who who love the game just like you and i do uh mm-hmm. coming down at the end of this month and uh a lot of this you know call it a renaissance call it just a rekindling of, of people's enjoyment playing the game it it uh it, it starts with places like yours and it starts with people like you guys um making it happen so it's it's an inspiration man thanks for doing it and uh you know we're gonna try to do our little part when we when we come down and, and join you guys in late april I'll have to get, I'll have to do the fat man role for you guys. Oh, fat man role! I get yeah. give me the eats. What's that? That's me on the roller. 
love it. Love it. Give it yeah. to us, man. We want it firm, fast, whatever you I got. I know you do. Yeah. Let it fly. We'll, right, we'll, love it. we'll love it anyways. But no, thanks for taking time, Brent. Uh, looking forward to meeting you. And uh, it sounds like Rob does let you play some golf. So if you want to bust out those hickories again and tee it up with us. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I'll I'll see you then, and we'll you never know. Yeah, this place will kind of tell us where to go. Sounds good, Th- Brad. Right. Thanks again. Take care. Thank you. Bye bye.